Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Speak today to Milan Jerkovic, CEO of Waluna Mining, formerly Blackham Resources. They're an Australian, uh, Western Australian uh, gold producer, about 60,000 ounces a year at the moment, looking to get up to 300,000 ounces. We grill them as to how they're going to do that. This is a turnaround story. They walked in about 10 months ago, having inherited a bit of a mess. The company wasn't really going anywhere, and I think shareholders are slightly disappointed. They have a five-point plan, strengthening the balance sheet, increasing operational cash flow, transition to produce gold concentrate, of course, expand existing production and exploration targets. So we get a breakdown from him as to how he's going to do that. They've got a heady mix of oxide and sulfide uh, which they need to sort out and prioritize. And he explains the order of play. Interesting story, competent management team. I look forward to seeing what they do. Enjoy the podcast. Milan, how are you doing, sir? Well, thanks, Levy. Well, uh, thanks for joining us uh, from sunny Australia. And it's late at, late at night for you. Um, we were introduced by Simon Catt at Arlington. Um, and in fact, we've also met a few years ago in, in, in Zurich. Um, so, you know, but I haven't heard this story from you before. So can you give us a one minute overview on Blackham Resources slash Waluna Mining? And then we'll pick it up from there. So we're a gold producer in the middle of Western Australia. We're producing about 60,000 ounces of gold at the moment. Uh, we're in a 10 months into our program to clear out the company's balance sheet, which we've done. Uh, and reset our production profile with a view of uh, developing, uh, building a concentrator, which will be able to allow us to treat our largest resource base, which is our sulfide already at Waluna. We have uh, 1,600 kilometres of ground in the northern end of the golf fields in, in the, in the Kalgoorlie Norseman Gold Belt. We have uh, 6.4 million ounces of resource. Half of that is uh, inferred, half indicated. About 1.4 million ounces of reserves. Uh, and we're in uh, a very aggressive drilling definition program. We have seven rigs on site at the moment, four on the surface, three underground, drilling out and improving our, our immediate startup plan for the concentrate production. And then looking to long date that further and look at further scaling the mine up. Our aim is over five years to, you know, in a stage way, go from 60,000 ounces to 120,000 ounces of production to 180, and then all the way to 300,000 ounces of production of a well-known resource base, but it needs further drilling to improve the grade and increase the reserve component in our, in our resource industry. Big plans there, but let's go back a bit. I want to talk about um, what, what happened at Newmont, Apex, Agincourt, you know, what did you walk into? Because you've been at this 10, 11 months now. So why Blackham Resources as it were? In fact, when, when's the name changed? Just so we get this. What do you want to be called? Waluna or Blackham? So it, we, the official name change has been approved by shareholders and it's happened. Yeah. But there is a process on ASX going on so that we can get trading on the ASX platform, and that'll be sometime next week. Okay. Uh, we will be officially be Waluna Mining, uh, and and that starts within this next week. So let's go with Waluna for the sake of this, okay? Because people will be watching this next week. Okay, so Waluna Mining. Uh, right, so what did you walk into? Because obviously, the couple of companies uh, were there before you. It didn't work out for them. So 
obviously you knew that. So why, why take this project on? Well, the main reason I took the project on is I've been there as a non-executive chairman for a while and an executive during a fairly difficult time in the company's history where it financially got itself into some strife. Uh, it had to use its contract to fund itself through to uh, middle of last year. And it became obvious that we needed to do a fairly thorough cleanup of the balance sheet and reset the plan and the management. The, we were trying to mine short-baited reserves and we were going from feast to famine. There was no redundancy in the balance sheet. There was no redundancy in our mine plans. So we are done a lot of work to try and long date the cash flow for the next 18 months for what we're doing today and then and pay the path forward with spending the money in the right place to increase the length and strength of the cash flow profile of, of the known resource base. The, the company had didn't done a great job taking on from uh, from the last owners, we talked about Apex, which was uh, a company that owned part of these assets. Wolena, in fact, is the first, or Wolena Mining now, is the first company in history to actually consolidate all of the assets into one one company. In the past, back through from the 30s into the 80s, we had Australian Bank, we had uh, uh, we had uh, Normandy, Great Central, Newmont, uh, and uh, Oceana all had small portions of, and times of ownership for, for parts of the assets. Um, when Bracken, as it was called, they were in the mining, put these assets together. They had a, it was a startup company, it had a small balance sheet, they only raised enough capital, took a lot of debt on to get going with just a three million circuit and they didn't touch the largest resource, which was software because they left the capital to, to tackle that. So really what's happened is because of that and because of the fact that the balance sheet didn't allow the company to move forward, the first thing we had to do was retire all of it, which we've done, Clear up any structural issues with the balance sheet, which we've done. Uh, and we, 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 we now have put together a funding package of $52 million of equity. Well, that went to repaying the debt and normalizing our creditors. And then we've have another $21 million of, uh, debt that we're trying to close at the moment to complement that and a further 40 million subject to some work in the next uh, four months to our last to execute now in a staged way. With, a, with enough liquidity buffer in our balance sheet and actually bring, bring forward an ability to actually unlock what is one of the largest dormant joyful systems in, in, in Australia. I understand that. And I do want to actually get into the weeds there with you on your five-point plan, which is touched upon some of the things you've just talked about. But just, just sticking with, you know, what, what is it that you walked into and what you inherited? Because obviously, you know, if you look at Apex, Agent Core, there's a couple hundred million bucks spent, Black and themselves, a couple hundred million bucks spent. So there's a lot invested into the infrastructure um, and in the, you know, in the assets. A lot, there's a lot of data there too. So you were what brought in 10 months ago you brought and then you've kind of brought in your management team i mean how, how did that work you've been involved for a while but why did you take over 10 months ago you know why are you best suited to turn this thing around well it, my history has been in, in building or turning around uh, unloved assets in the cycle uh and essentially uh, i saw the potential here at the right time in the cycle in the bond cycle i saw the scale that allowed somebody to build a company out of this. And it needed somebody to put their own money behind it. I put some money behind it as well to get to the next stage. And and we needed to take a longer term view. 
that we need to get supporters, financiers behind us, shareholders that were prepared to see the deep value through all the problems. And I took it on because I felt that, that the opportunity had the turnaround potential on the scale, if done right, to pr produce returns for shareholders that, that are well in excess of 10 times the money uh, in the cycle. Uh, and yes, I had to then go and bring in, for the scale of the asset and the opportunity, I had to go and fix the immediate systems, the compliance to plans, fix the plans up and bring in a management team uh, that was capable of taking on uh, a opportunity that's actually quite large scale. I mean, we're talking about developing an underground mine in WA that's going to go to one and a half million tons per annum over the next four years. That that requires good planning, it requires uh, and good execution. And the first part of that is obviously the right people. Uh, one of the gentlemen I brought in is a guy called Neil Meadows, who's actually on site. He's managing the immediate business improvement and the, the construction of the concentrator, which is going to happen starting September. Uh, and he's a person that's had, you know, he turned around the Maramara assets, the nickel assets in WA for critical. Um, and he's got both project delivery and project improvement experience that, that, that allows me to do what I'm doing, which is the long-term planning, the, the geology, the, the funding while he's making sure that in fact we have a site that performs and our next stage of, of execution can be delivered. Okay. Yeah. And I do want to get into oxides versus sulfides and, you know, you know, the plan of attack for, for sure. Um, but maybe now's a good time to actually get into the weeds with regards to those that five point plan. Okay. So you, you've talked about strengthening the balance sheet. What, you know, what have you walked into? Okay. I keep coming back to that because, you know, Blackham was sort of struggling for a long time. Um, I'm not sure shareholders were kind of seeing the types of activity, returns, um, thinking that they wanted. So I'm intrigued. I love a turnaround story. I love a turnaround story. So I'm intrigued by precisely what you're doing. Because if I, if I sort of sit around and read, you know, what the, what, what the retail guys are, uh, to, I know this is 50% institutional plus, but the retail guys are quite interested in what you're doing. They're also slightly confused. So I think it's worth spending some time just breaking down that five-point plan. So st let's start. Strengthening the balance sheet. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, we, we basically... Um through cash flow, selling some non-core assets. We sold some of our tenements around our Lake Way area to a company called Solid Potash last year. And that was really to retire. You know, we had over $20 million of debt. We had creditors that were, that were out to the tune of $25 million. So to, when I talk about strengthening the balance sheet, I mean, repaying all of that debt, normalizing creditors to 45 days, and uh, that came through some equity raising last year, some asset sales, and then the final part of that was this capital raising we did in, in February. And that gave us now, we are debt free at the moment, although we have announced uh, a, a gold uh, gold prepay facility that's in two tranches that we're looking to execute with a very large global oil trader out of London called Mercuria. And, and that will then give us a clean debt arrangement where our main contractor is not our credit provider. And, and if you don't have a clean balance sheet and your contractor is your funder, it's very hard to get proper, proper commercial discussions. 
You see, let's, just so I understand the numbers here. So you've raised, what, 52 million bucks as, as equity. Um, was it about that? And we, we raised another seven last year. Yep. And we, we also sold about $20 million of non-core assets. Right, okay. And you've got a debt facility available to you? Yeah, a debt facility that's nationally $61 million, but credit approved to $21, which we're working to draw down this month. And obviously, you've got cash flow coming through the company as well because you are producing. We're looking at about 40 to 60 million a year, depending on the gold price. And we, we'll just keep that going uh, up until the point we commission our concentrator, which is a new, yep. uh, new production stream. We'll come on to I promise. <laughs> I, just want, I just want to set the scene there of the, of the numbers for, for people, okay? So the second thing we talk about is increasing operational cash flow. I guess there's only one way to do that, cost down and production up. So what are you doing? Yeah, so what we've done is, is gone and spent the last, the last five months has been about pre-stripping um, longer dated pits. So that in fact, we have stable production for the next 12 months, rather than down short-term production, which was the case. And yes, bringing costs back down, you know, they're up over $12 million a month. We're now, as we've done that pre-stripping, we're now aiming to, 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 to reduce our operating expansion to about eight, $8 million a month, while producing about 6,000 ounces of gold a month. Right. So that gives us a nice cash flow margin on a monthly basis. That from, as I say, from this month, having invested to get to this point, will, will be a steady state, steady state cash flow stream. That also is part of the improvement plan to get to a more longer dated cash flow through this transition period. Right. Okay. And you're, you're indicating an ASIC, and I'm going to do it in US dollars, not Aussie, just for you know the broader audience who sort of usually look at it this way. So you're looking at about a thousand and seventy bucks to about twelve hundred US bucks. For an ASIC, but you're giving yourself a better bit of room there. What do you what are you aiming to reduce that by? In this current uh, three million stage, this transitional three million stage, we're going to be about that in that range. As we expand production, really, we'd like to see that uh, you know fifteen hundred Aussie and then down down in stages to about uh, one thousand to twelve hundred Aussie, which on an exchange rate basis, you're talking about. 700 to 800 US, but that's probably three or four years away. In the short term, in those stages, we're hopefully hoping to, to get sort of $100 increments as you increase, increase in production. So, so that uh, you're still generating that sort of, I mean, at, at 120,000 ounces of concentrate production, which is where we're going next year, we expect to have the cost below 5,100 Aussie. Uh, all in. Okay, so you obviously you look like any anyone with a turnaround story. You're looking at shaving those costs. You're, and we'll come on. I think because the the oxide sulfide uh, jigsaw that you're solving there is going to be, and in terms of uh, open pit and, and and underground, that's part of the equation. So we'll come on to that. But first, you mentioned something there: uh, gold concentrate. That's a big deal for you. Why? Well, it's, it's our largest drill resource, and it's sitting right under our head frame. There's five declines into this already, there's 100 kilometers of development and past owners have spent a lot of money and then converted into a mine plan. Mm. And with the current gold price, and there's two things that have moved the dial for this sulfide resource. Uh, well, three, but let's talk about two that are obvious. The gold price has significantly increased from when people looked at last, and there's some capital that we can immediately leverage off. And 
we brought gold constrained maintenance. So we have a bias plant that's on care and maintenance on site, which operated for 23 years, which is a different method to taking prostrates and converting them into gold. Because the gold prostrate market has become so competitive in the last 12 months, we don't have to do that step. So there's a unit process we don't have to worry about. All we're doing is no different to a copper mine. We're, we're producing uh, 750,000 tons of underground ore, eventually one half million, running it through a concentrator, producing a concentrate between 65 and 85 grams gold, and we sell that directly to the market. And we've already sold three years to very large counterparties. One is Trafigura for 30%, and the other party is a company called Polymetal. They're actually listed on the on the main board in London. They're the largest processor of soft sulfide oil in Russia. They're, I think they're, they're about seven billion sterling company. They're a very large company, one out when it to gold production. They came to us to talk about long-term supply into a stage two, they're building a new pressure rich plant to actually take uh, their oil, but they're looking for large supplies in the Pacific region to, to supplement that, going forward. And, and their, their engagement with us is all about Maluna providing some of that scale going forward to supply long-term their, their presence in the And they are also very large sellers of constraints into, into China. So they see the whole market and we've got a very good relationship with them. And that's really given us the confidence that the product we're going to produce has got a market and it's got a very good price today. Okay, so that's that's some of what you're doing to, for this transition into uh, you know uh, gold concentrate. What are, what are the kind of long poles in the tent for you in in terms of you know, delivering that? Because like I say, it seems to be a cornerstone of what you want to do. So that, that's a good question. We, we've we've got a bit of a hiatus in the construction phase. The construction of that concentrator was meant to start around April May, but because of the COVID nineteen issues. And we didn't want to start mobilizing contractors and then have delays. And then we had to go, so we delayed the start of the actual concentrator until September, October this year, which means that the first production was meant to be in March next year of concentrate is being pushed out to September in 2021. Uh, in the meantime, we haven't stopped the deworking of the mine, the drilling to improve the reserves in the mine plan. Uh, is all, all happening. So we, we should have the mine well ahead of the constructed construction, which means it will give us redundancy in the mine plan. Mm. It will also allow us to put more reserves on the table. In fact, we put some announcements out recently on, on some of the sheets we're drilling. And the other exciting thing about it is that what that drilling is going to do is not just increase the volume of reserves around the initial development that we're planning. We found that Next to development, 80 meters away in places we are now currently doing four areas that are new shoots, totally new virgin shoots from the surface that potentially have a higher grade than the average that we have in our inventory, which is 4.7 grams. And if we can lift that grade as well as increase the confidence of the reserves where we're starting, every gram additional gives us 25,000 ounces of production a year from the same infrastructure, the same person. So it's a, it's a massive leverage to the economics. Well, so the main focus right now is to increase the grade and the reserves around the immediate startup areas 
But that's so far, Brent. This is where it gets really interesting to me, okay? Because you're talking about expanding production as the fourth uh, point on your on your plan, and the fifth point is obviously expiration. I think they're slightly in, entwined here from what you've just said, but you've got to solve this balance between oxide production, sulfide production, grade, you know, with the high grade underground, and of course the you know low, not low grade, but uh, lower grade open pit. So tell me about that big organic jigsaw puzzle you're building, please. Okay, so right now, our mining operation is a couple of open pits that are producing reasonably modest grade 1.3 gram material uh, and a small underground mine that is hanging off the same infrastructure as this large sulfide balloon mine. And that small underground mine is producing about 10,000 tonnes a month at about 5 grams and we're doing, we, you know, there's an announcement that went out only a week ago regarding that golden age orbit. And that golden age orbit will give us a sweetener for this cash flow in the next 12 months, but also becomes an ongoing producer if and when we decide that we're going to operate both the free milling and the sulfide circuit together. The current plan, as it stands, and we'll, we'll have a lot more to say to the market in September about this plan, only has one crushing milling circuit. So you hear that? process free milling or you process concentrates. The ideal outcome will be once we do this, and that's why we're doing all this drilling, that, that we can define enough in inventory for the free milling circuit to continue and enough confidence that the reserves are long dated enough for the sulfides to actually build a new crushing milling circuit for the concentrator. And given that you've got both all sources that you're mining from the same environment, basically, you want to be able to process what you mine. That's how you can optimize your mine plan. So we we really expect to be able to deliver our plan to the shareholders in the market sometime in October this year, that while we're building this concentrator, this first stage concentrator, that we're also going to be looking at, uh, at some point in 2022, having a front end for both circuits, and both circuits operating concurrently. If we can deliver that 60, 70,000 ounces from the free milling circuit and the 120,000 ounces from the sulfide circuit, we immediately add or 180,000 ounces before that stage five portion you talk about in terms of scaling the sulfides up to whatever scale they should be. Fantastic. Understood. Big plants. But that's going to cost big money. I mean, how much are you going to, how much is it going to cost for the, you know, the, the sulfide? Um, sulfide expansion um, project and then of course if you're going to have two circuits that's going to be more money again is this all debt so the, the sulfide stage one concentrator circuit and mine development is basically funded uh, from cash flow and the mercurial funding we're working on at the moment uh, which is a 61 million in two tranches we've got to perfect the second 40 but the drilling we were pretty confident that the drilling would provide the financial model with the reserves to draw down the second portion sometime, sometime over the next six months. Um, we then were doing a scraping study and some reserve work on stage, the next stage beyond that. And that's what I'm talking about. Now, the next stage beyond that probably needs another $50 million of funding uh, to build a crushing milling circuit for the concentrator so we can decouple the plants. Obviously, the the cash flow we produce uh, will determine when and if we need to top up funding for that plan. 
Um, but we probably don't need to look at that until for another 12 months, essentially, in, in, in terms of when, when some portion of that funding is going to be required. Okay. Well, this kind of leads on to what's the game plan? You know, you sort of described the order of play there, which is good, but what's the game plan? Because, you, you know, you don't necessarily, because you, you, you're talking about increasing operational cash flow, but you obviously um, don't want to keep plowing money back into the ground. You, you want to build up in a cash position, give yourself some optionality, right? That's right. But that's interesting. One of the things that the shareholders we brought to the register now uh, are pushing us to do, you'd be surprised. They're actually pushing us to put us seven rigs on site. Given the scale of Georgia, we've been defining the initial results. Uh, under the head frame, just under the head frame targets, just that we're learning. Plus, there's a new thing we're, we're looking at at the local region, they kilometers away, uh, multi million ounce undiscovered opportunities that are extensional. And we're dealing with very shallow. I mean, we're learning as a five kilometer long system. With, with a very broad outline. It's on average, given that we're finding shoots that are starting from the surface amongst all that, the system is probably only drilled to 300 meters. It's one of the largest undrilled systems in Australia. So our shareholders are saying, well, you need to define the scale. That has as much value as defining the cash flow stream in a stage way. So it's going to be very interesting how well the market supports what we're doing and whether we in fact we increase drilling towards the end of this year and, and start to tackle some of that, some of the bigger underhead fire discovery opportunities beyond just converting. Most of our drilling at the moment is converting resources into reserves. And that's very economic, where our reserve conversion is about $30 an ounce, which is extremely because of the sub capital that's already there. So, so two aspects of it is that our shares aren't asking us to slow down, but obviously the market's going to have to come behind us to be able to run at the plate that we're running. They're asking us, in fact, to consider in six months drilling faster. And we can drill faster once we establish our underground platforms across that five kilometer long structure and get rigs underground. We can start doing extensional drilling on the system. Uh, while we're obviously perfecting the stage cash flow, 180,000 ounces, and then sometime in the next year and a half, we have a feasibility, feasibility study completed to go to 300,000 ounces. And how we get to 300,000 ounces is to double the size of the concentrator and double the scale of the underground mine, which clearly the scale of the orbit says you can do. We've got to finish the drilling to actually do the feasibility work to demonstrate that can be done. Okay, so, so let's come back to my point, which is what's the exit plan here? Because no one wants to spend, no one wants to plow a billion bucks of capex into the ground. You want the big boys to do that. So what what are the pieces that you're putting together and, and the order in which you're putting those pieces together to make you more attractive to someone walking into this? Because aiming for 300,000 ounces is fantastic. But do you want to be building a huge mine complex and funding that? Well, I've built enough large mine complexes. So that doesn't particularly worry me if the market supports me. So we're going to run our own race on that. And and uh, obviously there's a few bears behind us at the moment. Uh, and, and, and I'm firmly, that's fine. Uh, if they can show a compelling story to our shareholders that's better than one we can do, then that's great. I'm a shareholder as well, right? So my job is to demonstrate the scale of the geology and, and prove that the Luna is uh, expandable to the scale I'm talking about. From what we know, and show that there's another two million, ten million ounces here under our under our head frame. Uh, if that means that a larger balance sheet is, is, is more likely to develop that 
quicker than us, and they want to they want to join our shows in whatever way or pay them to hand over the story. Well, that's great. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to stop to run an auction. What I'll do is engage the discussions if they happen. But the best way to create value is to show that you can do it yourself and run the race that you're running. Okay. I buy that. So obviously a bit of change uh, when you when you walked in and you just had a shareholder vote on a, on a number of factors. Uh, obviously, you know, name change. Rollback was a big one. What, were any pushback in the market from that? Do you think people understood why? Not at all. I'm surprised because rollbacks can be a bit destructive in the markets once they're done. And I'm actually very pleased how we performed. We actually done very well. So I think the drilling results we're putting out is starting to take people's uh, imagination. Uh, and if you look at our market cap, it's 150. We're producing 767,000 ounces of gold. We've got 6 million ounces of resource. We're in the middle of WA. There's a lot of development peers that I won't mention them because, you know, that, that are very good five, six, seven million dollars. They're five years for production. They only got resources. They haven't got. So, so we, we've got a long way to go, but we, we, we've also come from a low base with a company that's done a lot of destruction to its brand. It's done, it, and it's done a lot of, the visibility of the geology, the scale of geology was absent because everybody was focusing on short-term problems and 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 and, and uh, underperformance, dead issues, you know, dumb issues that couldn't execute. Uh, we've cleaned that up. We we can now draw a line in the sand and start looking not all over our shoulder, but start looking towards the geology and pointing people towards the geology and the scale that it actually we're sitting on. Now you just signed up for it, and that, that we, that's the job we have to do. If we can't do that. We, we, we're not going to demonstrate the value that people should look at. Well, I, I think that's what intrigued me, you know, because I, I, you know, you go, you go into the chat rooms, you look at forums, you look at conversations, articles, etc. And this is sort of, you know, I think general acceptance and understanding of it needed to happen because things weren't going particularly well before. I guess you need a bit of a bit of time, bit of a runway to start delivering on some some of these components for sure. Do you, do you, what, so what should people be looking for uh, next in terms of what what's a meaningful? Don't 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 hit me with that. Oh, it's a catalyst moment stuff. What it, what's meaningfully going to make a difference to the business? It's very clear what market market will be looking for is, is to show that this last five months of pain on the operating side and the money we spent to. Long day, the immediate cash flow is real. So turn around in July and the next two quarters of production, people were looking at. So then we've, we're, we're not over-promising, we're, we're delivering. The drawdown on the debt, which has happened sometime in the next four weeks for the first tranche, 20 million. Drilling results. And we're separating the drilling results from the sulfide story that we're trying to demonstrate how, and how it complies to our plans, deliver our scale operation. And the drilling on the funneling to demonstrate that potentially that also keeps going at the same time. We have a resource upgrade in September, which will be significant uh, from all this work. I mean, there's 15,000 meters of drilling a month, 45 meters a quarter at the moment going into upgrading all that, all those numbers. Uh, there is going to be a scraping study on, on, you know, do we just run a sulfide concentrator or do we run both circuits? That comes out at that same time. Uh, so there should be every quarter there should be at least two drilling updates which are going to be significant and and then there's there's those other milestones quarterly quarterly results in July uh, the the debt and and the September September resource upgrades and and a, and a plan the next stage for the plan okay. are you doing everything that you want to be doing are your hands tied anywhere in terms of the plan 
But I really care at the moment that once we get through this round, the next four months, and we do the scraping work on how fast should we be running, we, we might want to run faster than set you on the geology and the rate of defining where we're going, and maybe on some of the other head frame regional exploration that could actually show a much bigger scale. Because if we can show through drilling and, and geological work that in fact the scale of the Luna is not just what we know for 500 metres, but there's another layer of it down to 1,000 metres, then it could change the dial on who's, who's interested in us and what our business is. Okay. Milan, thank you so much for running through that. New story to us. Uh, enjoyed that. Like I said, I like a turnaround story, especially if it works. So uh, stay in touch with us. Let us know how you're getting on. You've got a lot of um, delivery. Uh, you, you got, you, well, you've got to deliver a lot this year. So, you know, I, I wish you well with that one. Uh, and thank you again. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.